Okay, so this is week three, the final week of this series, Having a Thankful Heart. In this series, we've been talking about having a thankful heart, which means having empathy for other people, caring about other people. Uh, we, we talked specifically about Jesus' parable of, or not a parable, his actual action of the not throwing the first stone, telling the, the Pharisees who tried to trap him, tried to trap the woman, and were just trying to be really cool, acting like they were perfect. He's like, hey, if any of you have never sinned, go ahead and throw it, uh, and, and really shut them down. Um, and it wasn't about shutting them down. It was about saying, hey, don't judge people like that. Uh, show love. Don't throw stones. Throw love. Uh, throw hope. Help people. Uh, understand. Try to, because everybody you run into has a story that you don't know. Just like when you wake up and maybe you're having the worst weekend ever, the worst day ever, the worst whatever ever, uh, and you're like, just everything's awful and, and you're sad and people are hurting your feelings and you're going through your day and you accidentally snap at somebody because they walked in front of you. Uh, you would then hope to explain to them, hey, I'm just having a really bad day. I'm so sorry. And so everybody has that kind of story. Uh, it doesn't excuse bullying. It doesn't excuse abuse. But try to understand other people, where they're coming from. Don't judge. Don't hate. Have empathy for people. Have care for people. Uh, last week, we talked about the Good Samaritan and how the two people that are supposed to stop, the priest, the temple assistant, uh, the, the, the people that are supposed to stop, that are trained to stop, that are on the way to go teach people to help people, teach people to love people, teach people to care, teach people to be like God, uh, they wouldn't stop because they made up excuses. They didn't care. They didn't like the Samaritan. Uh, and they're, they're like, we see him coming down the street, and so we're not even going to help this guy, something. But the Samaritan, who everybody hated, who all of the Jews super hated, to the point that they wouldn't even help a pregnant Samaritan woman have a baby, uh, like awful things, and the Samaritan stopped. He went above and beyond because he cared, because it didn't matter what the person looked like. It didn't matter where he came from. It didn't matter who he was. It didn't matter what he believed. It didn't matter what he'd done in his life. He saw someone in need, and he helped them, and that's what we are supposed to do. Um, one of the things that comes up as teenagers especially, but even as adults, is uh, what can I actually do? Like, how can I actually help somebody? I'm just one person. Uh, I, I don't have any special talents. I don't have any special gifts. Nobody listens to me. Nobody cares what I think. All of these things go in our heads. And you're thinking, well, when I'm an adult, I won't think that. No, all of the adults, we feel this at one point or another. Uh, even pastors feel that way sometimes. It's like I'm not having an impact. Everybody feels that way. And so one of the things that happens is you kind of like, well, Somebody else can take care of this. Somebody else can take a stand. Somebody else can help this person. Somebody else can speak to this person. Someone else can, can be there. Someone else can listen. We always think that. But sometimes it is our time. Sometimes we are in a position, we are in a place, we are in a time for that purpose, for that reason. So tonight we are going to talk about a story from Esther. And before I read, I'm going to talk a little bit about Esther. Um, Esther was, she was very beautiful. She won a contest to basically become a princess. And, and so the king, not a God follower and not a kind man really, he was okay, but he was, essentially there was a rule that you couldn't go talk to him unless he asked for you to come. Uh, and if you did, you came and he didn't give you permission to start talking, you could be killed. And so if you came to him and said something he didn't like, you're pretty much dead. And, and so that's who she's involved with. Well, she won, and she was a, a Jewish person. This was when the Jews were slaves in Egypt or uh, in exile. They weren't able to do anything. They didn't have a home. And, and so uh, they, in Babylon, sorry. And so they were uh, all together. They knew that they weren't liked. People didn't care about them. People didn't like them. People didn't want them around. They didn't want to be there. All of these things. And so Esther is there, and her uncle Mordecai saves somebody's life. He, it's somebody who hates him. It's somebody who uh, wants, it's somebody who wants to do something else. It's the king. He basically saves the king's life by stopping assassins. And that's kind of the background to this. And, and so 
he doesn't really get any credit for that because there are other people that want to make sure that all the Jews are killed. They want to take care of everything. They want the king to listen to them. They want the king to give them power. They had ambition. They had uh, selfishness. They had greed. And so they're like, well, we're going to kind of shove this down because the king doesn't need to know that. And, and so that's where we're picking up. Uh, Mordecai told him the whole story, uh, including the exact amount of money Haman, that's the guy who had kind of hit it, had uh, promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. Mordecai gave Hathak a copy of the decree issued in Susa that called for the death of all Jews. He asked Hathak to show it to Esther and explain the situation to her. He also asked Hathak to direct her to go to the king and beg for mercy and plead for his people, uh, her people. So Hathak returned to Esther with Mordecai's message. Just again, basically the king doesn't like people to tell him what to do. He doesn't like people to disagree with him. He doesn't like people to say what up. A and so uh, uh, Haman had basically tricked him, uh, manipulated him into saying, hey, let's sign this so that all the Jews get killed. And that's basically where we are. Mordecai finds that out and he's like, we have to stop this. Uh, and he's like, I can't do anything. I'm trying, but he did his best. Uh, he did everything he could to stop it. He did everything he could to tell about it, but nobody cared because he was Jewish and nobody wanted to listen to him. Uh, everybody's like, yeah, whatever, go ahead. Uh, nobody cared what he'd done before. Nobody cared who he was. Nobody cared who he served. A and so he's trying to tell people and he's trying to get word to Esther. Esther is a princess. Esther is a queen. Esther is in position. Esther is not powerful because again, the king rules everything, but he just wants Esther to know. Sometimes your role is going to be to tell someone what is happening. If you see somebody in danger, if you see someone someone beating up another kid, if you see somebody doing something they shouldn't, not always is it good for you to run in and, and spear them and say, hey, stop this, I'm going to take charge. Sometimes your job is to, yes, be a tattletale, but not in like a, hey, teacher, teacher, I'm cool way, but in a, hey, this is happening and I'm afraid of what is happening. Sometimes you're going to have friends or people that you like, uh, people that like you, tell you something that's like, hey, I need you to keep this a secret. Will you promise me to keep, you, keep this a secret? Sometimes it's about hurting themselves. Sometimes it's about hurting other people. Sometimes it's things that, that shouldn't be happening to them or that they shouldn't be doing. And so you're going to feel this, this weighty uh, feeling on your heart. You're going to be like, man, I'm afraid that they're going to do something. I'm afraid that, that they're going to do something they shouldn't. I'm afraid they're going to do something they can't come back from. I'm afraid they're going to be hurt. I, I'm afraid, but, but I promised. I can't tell them. I can't break a pinky promise. I, I can't. That's impossible. That's basically biblical. Uh, and, and it's like, I cannot stop that. And so you're in a position, what do I do? And that's a difficult thing. I'm not making fun of that because that's hard. Because even as adults, we will have someone come to us in confidence. And, and it's something that you're like, man. I don't know what to do, and I can't tell you what to do, but I will say if someone's life is in danger in any way, you should kind of swallow your pride on that, and sometimes it's going to be like, oh man, I went and I told their parents, or I went and I told an officer, I went and I told a youth worker, a youth pastor, I went and I told the pastor, and, and they got help, and everything was okay, and they thanked me, and sometimes that's going to happen. I've had that happen where someone has come to me, and, and I've been like, man, I don't want to go above their heads on this, but I'm afraid that they're actually going to do something. I'm afraid that this is going to be the end. I don't want that to happen, and I had to talk to someone else about it, and I didn't want to. I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to break uh, confidence, because it's very important to me that you guys trust me. It's very important to me that you know you can come to me, uh, and I will listen, and I will keep your, keep, my, keep your confidence as long as it's possible. But I've had to go, and I've had people that say, man, you know what, thank you. Thank you because I got the help that I needed. I've also had people say, I hate you and I will never talk to you again. Even though they're helped, even though they got something good for it. And, and it happens. And I would love to tell you that every time you take a stand, every time you help somebody, that they're going to be like, oh man, 
Thank you so much. You're the best. You're so keen. You're just amazing. I would love to tell you that, but it is not going to happen. Sometimes they will. Sometimes they won't say anything. Sometimes it'll be okay. Sometimes it will go poorly and they will hate you or they will walk away. But the most important thing is getting them help. The most important thing is taking a stand when you feel that because you don't want it on your conscience. If you have the chance to do something, then do it. And so that is where we are. We have all this setup where uh, Haman is trying to get the Jews killed. Mordecai does what he can. Mordecai could not literally have gotten into the palace without being killed. So there's nothing more he can do than get word to his niece, uh, Esther. And so he was trying to get her word. And so here we go. Then Esther told Hathak to go and relay this message to Mordecai. All the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in the inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his gold scepter. And the king has not called for me to come to him in 30 days. So Hathak gave Esther Esther's message to Mordecai. So this is legit. This is basically like if someone at school is like, I am going to beat this kid up after school, and I'm going to beat them up so bad that I'm going to... Uh, break all of their arms, both of them specifically, and I'm going to break both of their legs, and I'm going to break their back, and I'm going to really hurt them, and they are going to just never be the same again. And, and you're like, man, I need to go tell the principal, but the principal said if we ever go to his office without uh, permission, then he will kill us. And, and that's like a big deal. Like, that's scary, because you could actually die for that. And nobody wants to die for something like that. As much as we all are like, I, I would do anything for my friends, it's very different when you're asked to actually possibly die for them. Now, Jesus says to be willing to die for people, but that's still hard when you're in the practice of it, when you're in, uh, in front of the bullet, when you're in front of the person who's threatening you, when you're in front of the situation that could completely change how you're looked at that could make people hate you because you're a Christian, whatever. And so Esther is scared, yes, but she's not really a villain here. She's basically just saying, I'm going to die. Like, I can't do anything. I am not enough. Somebody else will stand up. Somebody else will do this. I'm not enough. We all think that. We all think someone else will listen. Someone else will help. Someone else will speak. Someone else will, will do the right thing. And it's easy to feel that way. But sometimes we are that someone else. Um, and so Esther sends that word back. And so Mordecai gets that, and we go with, he sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this, just such a time as this. You are where you are you are when you are, you are who you are for just such a time as this. I do not know what your life is going to be like. I don't know what your purpose is. I don't know what your plan is. I don't know what God has in store for you, but I know that it's special and I know that it's unique to you. I know that he has plans and a hope for you. So when you're in a situation, you're like, I cannot do this. Know that you're in that situation because you can. You're in that situation because God believes in you, because of who you are. So Mordecai comes back at her hard. He's like, hey, I get it. I don't want you to die either, but they're going to kill you anyway when all of the Jews come get killed. And the most important part of this is he says God's work is going to be done anyway. Somebody's going to help him. Uh, one of the things that I said the last time I preached on a Sunday was the church will always be here. Maybe not specifically this church, maybe not specifically any of the churches that are currently up, but the capital C church will always be on this earth. The capital C church will be around in the end times. The capital C church will always exist because it is God's church. Uh, 
whether I am a pastor, whether Rob is a pastor, whether any adult in this room, whether Tim, Julie, whoever is a pastor, the church will exist. God's work works regardless of who we are. God's work will continue regardless of what we do. So you could sit down and say somebody else will do it, and somebody else will. But that will still have consequences on your life, and that's what Mordecai says. He's like, you're going to die. Uh, you may die with the king, but you may die when all the other Jews are killed. But you are in a position to do God's work. Now, God's work's going to happen without you, but he is going to use you. How amazing is that? Uh, we go to Mary and Joseph, and Mary and Joseph were, uh, Joseph was part of the line of David, and so we see how that works. We see the whole plan of how God wanted to bring about the Messiah, but uh, there's a point in the Christmas story where uh, the angel or where Mary tells Joseph, hey, I'm pregnant. And it's like, hey, we're not married. This is hard to deal with. And Joseph considers leaving. He honestly considers leaving. And had he left, he's not a bad guy because that's tough. But he believes in God. He believes when the angel talks to him. He believes that and he continues. But my point is, had he left, had Mary said no when the angel came to her, uh, everything would be different but God's plan wasn't done then. God's plan was going to happen no matter what. It would have been different people. Uh, the line still would have worked. The Messiah still would have worked. We have no idea how it would have worked out because we know how it worked out. But God, his plan was perfect. And so he knew they'd say yes and all of those things. But my point is his work is always done. His work will always continue. His will will always be done, whether it's by you or not, which kind of takes the pressure off you because you are doing his work. And when you stand up, you're going to be successful. Maybe not in every single thing. You're going to fail sometimes. You're going to lose sometimes. But in the overall war, you're going to win. You're going to have a successful life if you serve God, if you do what you can for him. And so that's basically what Mordecai is trying to say. He's like, you're in this position for a reason. Look at where you are. Think about how amazing it is that out of all the millions of places you could be, out of all the millions of women that could have been in your position, you were there. A believer in God, someone who can listen, someone who cares, someone who has compassion. Think about all of the millions of, of people in the world and how you are here right now. You are having your life right now, and I know your life's not perfect, and I know your parents are mean sometimes, and I know school sucks sometimes, and I know that I talk a lot sometimes, and I know all of these things are difficult sometimes. I know the Bengals are awful, all of these things. But you are in the position you are, you are in the place you are, because God has a plan for you that only you can do. Now, God's work will be done. God will continue because he's perfect, and he's all-knowing, and he's everywhere. But he has victory for you, and that's just like with Esther. And so we go to the next scripture. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Uh, do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. Uh, my maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go to see the king. If I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. So she got it. She's like, hey, I am in a position like this. And so she went to the king. And then he killed her right away. No. She went to the king. How funny. She went to the king. And she's scared. She's probably sweating. She's worried. She's watching his scepter because if he doesn't point it at her, she's dead. And she says, hey, my uncle who saved your life. He's like, what? What are you talking about? And like, she proves it and blah, blah, blah. But she's like, this guy, he's trying to manipulate you. He's trying to take out God's people. And the king was like, okay, we're good. Not because he became a God follower, not because he, he cared necessarily about the Jews, but because he respected her and because she took a stand. And so God's work was done through her. Um, 
One of the people that I look up to a lot is Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers. There's a movie about him. There's been a documentary about him. I don't think he gets enough credit for his ministry. And yes, I mean ministry. Fred Rogers, uh, Mr. Rogers, I'm going to call him because Fred sounds weird to say it like that. Mr. Rogers was going to be a pastor. He was going to seminary to be a pastor. Uh, This is way back. This is when television was invented. Think about that. This was like, I was like 30 at the time. And so television was invented. Uh, then and so Mr. Rogers, he's coming home from seminary for the summer, and and he's like, hey, what's this box with people on it? Like this is crazy. No, he's not stupid, but he's like, wow, there's this amazing thing, and everybody can see this. And he's talking to his parents. He's like, everybody gets this picture. Everybody sees what is happening, and all people are using it for is to throw pies at each other and, and to make stupid jokes and to hurt each other. This could be amazing. And so he says, mom, dad. I think this is what I'm called to do. He sees the TV. He sees the world around him and he says, I'm here with this desire to serve God, this desire to help people for just such a time as this. And he steps up and he starts a kid's show, a kid's show that was not going to be successful. It was basically his wife talking about stories and showing clips of things. Uh, and, And then like during the first show, everything messed up. Like the clip burnt around like to death like it's at a Lakota West freshman school or something like the the clip burnt and stopped there was a fire there never mind and so the clip the clip burnt and it stopped and so Mr. Rogers had this little tiger puppet yes Daniel the tiger uh had this little tiger puppet and he stuck it through the hole in the wall and he started talking to kids and then boom the show is born and I know that everybody here kind of knows who he is hopefully some of you have seen his show uh it's It dealt with such big things. It dealt with such big things. It talked to kids about divorce. It talked to kids about death. There was one episode uh, where he dealt with racism very directly at a time when when black people weren't even allowed to be in a pool. And he like had the mailman come in and they shared a, a waiting pool together, which to us is like, what's that? That's small. That was huge in that. That was like the 60s. And he could have died for that. And you're like, Mr. Rogers, he's famous. He could have died for that. But he did it because he believed in helping kids to see because he said, everybody talks to children Like, someday you're going to be able to do this. Someday you're going to be somebody. Someday you're going to do this. Someday you're going to do that. And he's like, right now, they can be something. They can love each other. They can care about each other. They can learn. They can hope. And so that's what he did. And yeah, it was a kid's show. And a lot of people are like, yeah, this is stupid. Well, he went up against Congress when they were trying to defund PBS, which is where the show was. And he stood up. And out of all of the people in the whole world that could have won against Congress, it was Mr. Rogers, this kid's show puppet guy. And he did that because God was with him. Uh, And a lot of you were like, well, he's not a pastor. Yeah, he is. He very much is. His ministry stretched forever, and he's remembered today. And I'm not saying, yeah, hey, be like Mr. Rogers, although be like Mr. Rogers. Because what he did was he saw a chance to make a difference. And he could have said, yeah, there's a lot of people better than me. There are people who are taller than me. There are people who are better looking than me. There are people who, who are smarter than me. There are people who people like more than me. There are people who, who can speak better than me. And, and he could have said that. Because if you've ever seen him and heard him, he had like a real quiet voice and he had a real calm demeanor. And, and you know, he wasn't somebody that you'd pick out of a lineup of that guy's gonna be a TV star. He wasn't like Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, I don't know, Matt Damon, thank you, whoever. He wasn't, he wasn't anybody like that. He was just a guy. He was just a guy. And, and so he could have said, there are people better than this. 
There are people who can do more than me. But what he said was, I'm here for just such a time as this. This is what I'm talking about with this whole series. Having empathy is important, even if you never do anything. Having compassion and helping people is important, even if you just help one person. But do not belittle yourself to the point of saying, I'm just a teenager, I can't help anybody. I'm just a teenager, I don't matter. I'm just a boy, I'm just a girl, I'm just a kid. Uh, I'm just a person, I'm just a Christian. You are someone special. And just like Mr. Rogers, just like the Good Samaritan, uh, just like Jesus, you can stand up and make a difference. You matter. You are going to help so many people. In everything that you do, in everyone that you meet, in everything that you say, in everything that you do, everywhere you are for your whole life, you will have an impact. It is up to you to decide whether that's positive or negative. Because there are so many people in this world, and we're about, next year is going, you're going to see a lot of negative. Because next year is a presidential year, and you're going to see everybody is the wrong choice, and everybody hates everybody, and if you vote for this person, you hate American, if you vote for this person, you hate American, if you vote for this person, you're evil, if you vote for this person, you're evil, and it's all like the same two people saying it to each other. And so it's going to be ridiculous, and you're going to see that, you're going to have friends fight, you're going to have adults fight, you're probably going to have people in churches fight, because people get into this stuff. And so you are going to see all of this around you, and you're going to be like, what's the point? What can I do? I'm never going to be president. What can I do? I'm never going to, to have this kind of, of impact. I can't start a TV show. I don't know, but I know you can do something. Even if you just impact the person next to you, even if you just impact your own home, even if you just impact one person in your entire life, that is an impact. The story that I told uh, the last time I preached on a Sunday was Billy Graham, everybody hopefully knows who Billy Graham is, one of the biggest pastors of all time. He's uh, reached millions and millions of people. He's sold books. He had churches. I mean, he's legit, big time, uh, for 95 years of his life. Well, when he was like 15, 14, somewhere in that range, he went to a revival, which is a special church service, uh, and it was packed. And so there's an usher there, and the usher could have said, we're packed. I'm not going to do it. I want to go sit down. I'm tired. The usher looked at him and said, hey, I'll let you in. And Billy Graham will talk about how that was kind of one of the starts of his ministry. He went in there, he got, he loved that revival, and he's like, I can do this. And so that usher, I don't know his name, you don't know his name, nobody in here knows his name, his name might not be remembered, but Billy Graham knew his name because he made a difference in his life. So sometimes, some of you may be the Billy Grahams, may be the Mr. Rogers, some, some of you may be the president. Some of you may be in Congress. Some of you may be doctors, lawyers, whatever. Some of you are lawyers. Some of you may be something that, that reaches millions of people. Some of you may be pastors, missionaries, song leaders. Some of you may be Sunday school teachers. Some of you may be elementary school teachers. Some of you may be professional athletes, probably, maybe. maybe you can play for the Bengals now. Some of you may be <laughs> coaches. Some of you may be in whatever position where you can make this huge impact and everybody can hear you. Uh, everybody knows the name Tim Tebow. Not the greatest player ever, I think he's underrated a little bit, but he made a difference with his, his impact. Victor Oladipo plays for the Pacers, went to IU, greatest school ever. He, every day on his Instagram, this is a small thing, every day on his Instagram has a devotion. And this is a, a basketball player in his 20s who is in the NBA, who is making millions of dollars. Small thing, has a devotion every day. That's it. That's an impact. People see that. They're like, wow. So you might be in a position where you have millions of followers. Maybe you're like the, the new ninja for Fortnite or something. But whatever. You have millions of people around you. Maybe. But most of us won't. Most of us uh, at most may have 30, 40, 50, 10, 5, 2 followers, whatever. But the point is, regardless of your audience, you are worth it. 
Regardless of your audience, you can make an impact. Regardless of your audience, regardless of the size, regardless of what you think of yourself, God will work through you, and it may be your time to act. There are going to be a lot of times in your life where you wonder, should I stand up for this? Is this something that I should take a stand for? And I'm not talking about things like Starbucks has a red cup instead of a Christmas cup. I'm talking about legit thing, where it's like, I may have to stand up and lose friends over this, or is this worth it? And I can't tell you that. Your parents can't tell you that. The other youth workers cannot tell you that, but God can. And so if you feel, I feel like this is something that I need to take a stand for, don't let anybody say that's stupid, that's not important, because it's important to you. And so stand up. Mr. Rogers, a puppet guy, made such a difference in so many kids' lives, in so many people's lives. The Good Samaritan made such a difference in that one person's life. The woman who uh, committed adultery, she remembered that day forever that someone believed in her, and it was Jesus, yes, but someone believed in her. She remembered that when everybody's against her, everybody's yelling at her, everybody's getting ready to kill her, she remembered that one person Billy Graham, his entire life, remember that one usher. Everyone here, you have someone in your life who has done something wonderful for you. You have someone in your life who has helped you. You have someone in your life who has had a positive impact, and you will remember that person forever. I know that I can remember Sunday school teachers. I can remember teachers that I've had in my life that I still remember them. I was actually going to be a doctor until my senior year in high school, which is way different than what I do, I realize. But I I had good grades. I had the grades to do it. I had acceptances to, like, Princeton and stuff, and so I could be a doctor. And so... Yeah, you went to Ball State, good job. And so I, I, I was going to be a doctor, and I had an English teacher who had such an impact on me that I'm like, I have to go into this. And, and you're like, well, you don't do English now. Well, kind of. But through English, through creative writing, God taught me how to preach. Not well, but he taught me how to preach. And he taught me how to speak, and he taught me how to get his words out. And so all of that was a path. All of that was a path. And so you are important and you, are, you matter and your time is your time. You are going to be that impact for someone. And everyone in this world needs that. Uh, I've said this before and I'll say it again, but none of us here can give salvation. It's not our job to give salvation. None of us here can fix someone, can change someone. None of us here can change the world. It's impossible for one person to do that. But we can show people why it's important to change. We can show people who it is that can change them. We can show people who it is that brings salvation. We can show people respect. One of the things that you hear throughout popular culture in songs, movies, TV shows is true love. Uh, Disney movies is all about true love's kiss and that's how everything gets solved. Love's good, love's amazing, everything is about love. Love is all you need, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Love is important. And love is vital. As a Christian, love is who we are. We love God, we love others. But there is also something desperately necessary about decency, about showing kindness to people who are never shown kindness, about showing respect to people who are never shown respect. And you're like, well, they got to earn respect. Who cares? Because you could make a difference in someone's life just by saying hi, just by being kind just by not being a jerk you could make that difference you could be the usher for Billy Graham not literally because Billy Graham's dead and probably the usher is too but you could be sorry spoiler alert you could be you could be the usher not the singer but you could be the usher for the next great singer you could be someone in someone's life 
You could be the man next to the man, the woman next to the woman, whatever. It doesn't matter. You're not measured by the world's success. You're measured by God's success. And all of you are worth it. All of you have this in you. All you have to do is be like Jesus. And, and, and I understand it's like, wow, that's a lot. It's not really. Because I'm just talking about loving everyone. I'm just talking about having empathy. I'm just talking about having sympathy. I'm just talking about standing up and being good to people, being kind to people, treating people like you'd want to be treated. That is why we are here. This is something that is missing even from churches in this world. You will see so much hatred on social media, so much hatred on the news, so much hatred in some churches. And it sucks and it's hard to see. But you can be different because you are not the church of tomorrow. You are not the church to come. You are the church right now. You are God's chosen people, and you are amazing, and so believe in yourselves, and as we go into Thanksgiving, don't just think, oh, thank you so much for this food, that's good, do that, thank your parents, all this stuff, thank Rob, because he's making everybody a turkey next week, but, that's joking, but, sorry, but, also, look at yourself and say, you know what, I don't always like myself, and I don't know what I can do, but I'm going to try to be more like Jesus. I'm going to try to be kinder. I'm going to try to be better. I'm going to try to be like Mr. Rogers. I'm going to try to stand up. And all you can do is try. And if you try your very best and you do everything you can in God's name, then you will be a success, I promise you. That's all I got.